Welcome to another edition of Truth Prevails, and I'm your host, Bob Soriano. Folks, I believe America is now ready for the Antichrist. And what I mean by that is all of the uh, prophetic pieces of the puzzle are all now in place for the Antichrist to come into the world and also for America to accept the Antichrist. So I want to give you uh, about four things, and folks, I could talk for hours on this, but I want to give you at least four things for you to think about, uh, for you to pray about, see how these things are uh, applied in your life. And I believe as we go through these, you'll see some of these things and you'll agree with uh, what I'm saying. So the, the first thing that I wanted to bring to your attention this morning is that we're starting to really see an increased acceptance of anti-God agenda just sweeping across the nation, and it's becoming more wicked every single day. And this comes through uh, television, through the media, whether it's uh, the internet, the, the nightly news, magazines, whatever, sports, Hollywood is, is a major driving force for this anti-God agenda. The music industry is, is, is bought into this, and there's some, so many ungodly things in the music industry. And, you know, recently we just seen back a couple of weeks ago on the Grammys uh, an occult worship a Satan worship that was clear and evident to everyone that watched it. Uh, it was just, it's an indoctrination. It's to get people involved and, and, and go outside of biblical Christianity and to accept the occult and Satanism. The, the music industry as a whole has just sold itself uh, out to the devil and is doing his bidding. And we're seeing a major push from the music industry on attacks against Christianity. The TV shows today are constantly attacking biblical principles and values. We see a lot of mockers and scoffers on TV shows promoting unbiblical concepts uh, of marriage. Uh, every other commercial now showing homosexuals kissing engaged in ungodly behavior. Uh, we have worthless TV shows out there like The View, constantly mocking Christians who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and calling Christians who pray and hear uh, God speaking to their hearts, psychopaths and lunatics, and these people need to be locked up. So these are attacks, and in some cases they started out su uh, very subtly, but now they're starting to accelerate and they're getting more vocal and they're not holding back. And, and folks, one of the things you have to understand is that there's, there are demonic spirits behind all this that pro are promoting and pushing this for this nation to become more wicked and ungodly and to become more like Sodom and Gomorrah, to become more like what Nineveh was before the prophet Jonah was sent by God to go to Nineveh and warn that uh, coming, God's coming uh, wrath and judgment was about to be poured out upon that nation. So th this is what we're seeing. It's the same ungodly spirits that were behind all those wicked cities, driving people into all kinds of filth and ungodliness and unnatural behaviors. This is all becoming now the norm, and it's becoming very accepted in our society. And when we go in that direction, 
And I think we're honest with ourselves. And if you read Romans chapter 1, we're there now. We, we are there. We, this nation has been turned over to a reprobate mind. Uh, we call good evil and evil good. We have totally strayed from God's principles, these concepts. And I really believe that this started back in 1962 is where we put the first nail in the coffin as far as America was concerned when we decided that the Supreme Court decided to pull out uh, prayer out of our public schools. And now we look at our public schools and where have we come? Back in that day, you would get in trouble for chewing gum in class, for not throwing uh, paper in the trash can, and very, very mild things. And today we have students beating teachers up and knocking them on unconscious and drugs and bringing guns in and killing each other. And this is what you get when you decide that you do not want God uh, involved in your nation. This is what you have. People have a tendency not to become more godly, but to become more wicked, and that is what we're seeing in this nation. And I can remember when former President Barack Obama said that America is no longer a Christian nation. It made me mad when I heard him say that, uh, an anger built up inside of me. But after pondering what he said and thinking about it, he was exactly right. America is no longer a Christian nation. We have become a nation that is wicked and we are as wicked as what Israel was when Israel rebelled against God. And then God said judgment through the kingdom of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar to bring judgment to the nation of Israel and to Jerusalem to burn it and destroy it. And we're, we're, we're in the same spiritual condition that Israel was in. And we're, we're no better than they were. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe we're a lot worse because we've had God's truth. We've had God's blessings for so many years in this nation. This nation has is, is, is always been the greatest nation on the face of the earth because of God. Uh, blessing this nation in so many ways, but we have decided we no longer want God as a nation. I'm not talking about you as an individual Christian, but I'm talking about as a nation, as the people vote, as our government leaders put laws into effect and our Supreme Court put these laws into effect, as a nation, we no longer want God in this nation. And therefore, this nation is going to suffer the repercussions of that. So that would be the first sign as an increased acceptance of a anti-God agenda. Uh, number two would be, from what I can see, an acceleration and an acceptance of Christian persecution that is really rapidly growing in this, in this nation. You know, a few years back, and I think probably most of you can remember this, we had a, a Christian family that owned a bakery out west. I believe it was either in Oregon or Washington State, and they believed what the Bible taught about traditional marriage, that it's between a man and a woman. And they had a wonderful bakery. They had good customer base, and a homosexual couple had come in there and wanted them to bake a cake for their, for their wedding. And this couple, that's against their biblical values, their principles, their morals, and they refused to do it. And then this couple decided to sue them. It became national news, probably news all over the world. This couple was sued, and I believe that they lost their business. I'm not 100% sure about that. But that's where it started. Now it's, it's continued, and, and just recently there was a, a uh, man that was in front of a, an abortion clinic across the street 
from one of these uh, abortion slaughterhouses, and he was praying that uh, women would change their mind and not abort their babies. And there's nothing wrong with that. And he wasn't shouting. He wasn't speaking. He wasn't holding signs. He was just praying. And the police came and they arrested him. And we're starting to see an escalation of this. And a lot of this has started up north in Canada, and it's come into the United States, and we're seeing more and more of this taking place. So I believe that sometime in the near future, at some point, now I may not live to see it, the Lord may come back before it, but I think at some point in the United States, Bibles will become illegal uh, because that is what the world uh, identifies and says is hate speech. And my question back to these people who seem to know and how to interpret what hate speech is, where are they getting their absolutes, their moral absolutes that if you or I say that homosexuality is a sin according to God's word, where are they getting their absolutes that that is hate speech? Where does it come from? Well, I can tell you where it comes from. It, it comes from a spirit, a dark spirit. It's a homosexual spirit, and it does not come from the Word of God. This comes from the demonic realm that is teaching people and telling people that if you teach anything from the Word of God, it is it's bad and it's hate speech. And that's what we're going to continue to see increase in the United States. All right. Number three is a rapid increased dependency for the government to control everything. I think we really started to see the major push through COVID uh, uh, 2020 and telling us that we had to, you know, shut our churches down, uh, stop gathering together in public restaurants and all of these things. And the hype of all of that was um, for safety, for health concerns. But I believe that our leaders at the time, the medical leaders at the time, knew that that was a lie, and they'd just been constantly promoting that. So I think this is all about control to get you to give up your freedoms, your rights. And it's amazing to me just how many of us are willing to do that and to surrender our rights. And now that I look back on this and I really wonder why, and I'm not saying all the pastors were were wrong, but I wonder why we closed the churches down. I think that that was wrong to do that, but you know that's hindsight now, and I think we need to be very careful and, and learn from the past and learn that if the next virus, the next disease that comes along and the government says, hey, this is a pandemic, you need to close your churches down, I think pastors need to be on their knees seeking God, whether or not they, they really need to be obeying that or not. And I think that the church, their deacons, all the, all the people in the church really need to be praying if this is just a ploy from the government to, to control and shut churches down. One of the things we got to realize is that the government is trying to become the cure-all for all our problems, and that is not the case. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to trust the Lord that God's got everything under control. And if we'll do that, everything will turn out the way it's supposed to. But more and more freedoms will be taken, and we'll be told how to do everything, when to do it. You're going to be—now you're being told that certain foods are going to be done away with. They're going to be telling us what we, what we can eat, when we can eat it. Uh, we're going to lose pretty much all the freedoms that we've enjoyed in this nation uh, for so many years. And I believe that 
this is all setting not only the world, but America up to take the mark of the beast. Once you have people give up their freedoms, it's going to be very easy to introduce the mark of the beast, which will cause people to be able to have the ability to buy and sell and, 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 and do the things that you would normally be doing now under freedom. We see in China that there's a grading system for people that if you obey all the laws, if you do everything you're told, and I'm not talking about when I say obey the laws, going out and robbing stores and doing uh, crimes. I'm talking about uh, following all of their stuff, which is anti-God, anti-Christian. If you follow all those kind of rules, then you're, you're in a higher standing. And, and there's conversations now that they're gonna, they want to bring the same system here to America. And if they do that, you will absolutely lose every bit of the freedoms that you enjoy now. So just be aware of that. All right. And number four is the increased acceleration of the lukewarm church. This is, to me, one of the most disturbing things that I see. But yet at the same time, I know that this is fulfilling the word of God in Bible prophecy for the last days. I know that we are living in the Laodicean church age and that we're living at a time where many false prophets and false teachers are going to be popping up and, and leading many astray. But this, this for me is just very, very disturbing because when, when the Lord saved me and called me into ministry, uh, the Lord called me into edifying the body of Christ teach the Word of God, to teach Bible apologetics, and, and to teach from the Word of God, expository teaching from the, from the Bible. This, this has been my passion, my heart, and, and I, I've seen over the years where people, you can teach a class and you can, you can teach the Word of God and, and present things to them that they've never been, have had the opportunity to learn these things, and it, it just doesn't affect people anymore. It doesn't draw them closer to the Lord. They just sit there and doesn't have any effect on them. But folks, I believe that right now we, we are living in the most spiritually ignorant generation that has ever walked the face of the earth. I believe we've got more ignorant Christians walking around that don't know what, what they believe, why they believe it, they don't know how to defend the gospel. They don't know how to win anybody to the Lord. Uh, they have no power. They have no, no real victory. They have emotions, and they have a feel-good type of Christianity where they, they go and they, they seek out these services where they can feel good for 30 minutes to an hour, and then they go right back to the way that they were living. And if we base all our relationship with the Lord on our emotions, that's not going to be a good thing because we're going to be in the valley more than we're going to be on the mountaintop. And it's in the valley, through the battles, that we get our iron gets sharpened and we become battle strengthened. We, we learn how to defend and how to protect and how to speak uh, the word of God and the word of life to others. So it's very, very important that we constantly are checking our spiritual selves and our heartbeat, that we're, that we're still in the faith, that we love the Lord, and that we want to continue to go on and serve the Lord and win others to Christ. That's, that's what's important. But unfortunately, we live in the, the lukewarm age of Christianity, where Christians are straddling the fence. They're nominal. They're, in Christian, they're Christians in name only. They show up every week for about an hour service to make themselves feel good for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then they go right back to the ways of life. 
And, and I know, I know this for a fact. I know that there's, there's one individual that he likes to post all these spiritual messages on his Facebook page and it seems spiritual, but he's copying this from someone else's stuff and pasting it. And then he uh, talks to his wife like she's a, a dog and uses profanity and language. And this is just one example of so many others that live this way and they're playing games. But, you know, God sees everything and uh, you're not going to be able to hide from the Lord. He sees every single thing that we do. He knows what we're going to do before we do it, and he hears everything we do. So you can play games in front of other people, but you're not going to fool God. So folks, we're living in a time and an age where you can pretty much teach anything to people, and they will accept it, no matter how bizarre or unbiblical it may be. I recently watched a clip of a somebody that stood in a pulpit at a revival that supposedly took place in Canada. And he got up in front of a very large crowd, and he began to to read a verse out of Luke chapter one, and then he started to crow like a like a rooster, and people were laughing. And I'm I'm confused. What does that have to do with the word of God? What does that have to do with preaching? When you get up there and you act very foolishly, uh, handling the word of God. But this is this is just one example of of, of thousands of examples where you got people doing unbiblical things from the pulpit, and people just accept it. And I I just, I don't understand that, I guess because, I mean, I came out of a false religion and was deceived in my early life, and I never want to be deceived again, and maybe I just look at things differently than than a lot of other people. I, I don't know. But today's churches are full of spiritually dead preachers, self-called and appointed apostles and prophets who do not speak for the Lord. Just like in Jeremiah's time, there were there were scribes and priests and prophets who were supposed to be speaking for God. And when Jeremiah came on the scene, who was sent by the Lord to tell the king and all those people and all the people that dwelled in Jerusalem, thus saith the Lord, and these people contradicted Jeremiah, who was the true man of God. And they said that, uh, no, judgment's not coming, but peace. We're going to dwell in peace. God's not going to send Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar here to destroy the city. And the people believed the false teachers. We have the same thing today. We're seeing the same thing. And in, in Scripture, all those Scriptures in Jeremiah are a harbinger for us for today. It's a signpost to say, hey, look, this is what took place back in Jeremiah's day. It can happen again, and it is happening again today in America and all over the world. We've got all these people that have called themselves to be preachers standing in pulpits. They have no power, no authority. There's no life in the word that they speak, uh, and they speak from an empty heart, and their heart is really not seeking after the Lord. And what we're seeing is what is going to be the fulfillment of Matthew chapter 7 when these individuals stand before the Lord and they they say, Lord, Lord, we've done many, many great miracles in your name. And the Lord will answer them and say, I never, never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Folks, that is going to be fulfilled. Jesus spoke it. And he said that that's going to take place at the great white throne judgment. That's what's going to happen. 
And there's going to be many of these people that are standing in pulpits today. All they want is your money, and they're, they're, they're just tickling your ears and enticing you with false messages and doctrine and false hopes. Um, you don't need these individuals. All you need is the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit as you spend time yourself on your knees and your face planted in Scripture and, and calling out to, to the Lord to teach you and to, to show you and to keep you on the right path, the narrow path that leads to everlasting life. Find a good godly church, a, a pastor that's on fire for God. You know, here's the good news, folks. God always has a remnant of godly men who are on fire for God, preaching his word without compromising his word. They have no desire, no covetous desire to get rich. They have no desire to twist the scriptures for their own benefit. But all they want to do is please the Lord. And they want to see souls saved and changed and transformed by the power of God. There's a remnant of, of these men out there. And folks, I will tell you if, you, if you're not in one of those churches where the pastor is, is truly a man of God, I would say run, get out of that church and find one and pray that God would send you to one uh, where there's a uh, godly man in the pulpit and there's good godly Christians that are not caught up in every new wave of doctrine that comes along and reading all these anti-God books and, and that claim to be Christian and they're written by unbiblical people. It's amazing to me how gullible Christians are nowadays. They just swallow anything, anyone that comes along and says, I'm a Christian like you. And uh, I, I wrote this book. God gave me this message. And right away, Christians run out and they spend their money. They buy this and then they start reading. And the book is absolutely unbiblical, ungodly, but they accept it and think it's, it's, it's good and it's spiritual because it may have a couple of good things in there. Right away, they accept all of it. They swallowed the whole hook, the line, the sinker, the pole, the reel, everything. And usually you see these people, they, they really don't grow in Christ. They stay stagnant. And eventually most of them, they wind up disappearing and you don't see them anymore because they, they, just, they just backslide because they're not, they're not eating the, the, the meat of God's word. They're eating a counterfeit meat that's laced with spiritual cyanide. And it's taking them down the wrong road. So, folks, don't be deceived by all the counterfeits that are out there. Keep your eyes on Jesus because he's the prize of our high calling and because he's coming back very, very soon. Folks, until next time, God bless you. Stay in the word of God. Stay on your knees and pray that the Lord will keep you on the right path. And if you mean it from your heart, he will do so. Maranatha, my friends, until next time. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Please join us next time on Truth Prevails.